Well, welcome everyone and happy New Year's Eve. We're so glad that you're joining us here in Albuquerque and in Maui and also all of our online family. Thank you for joining us today. And we're doing something a little bit unique today. I actually have pastors Dustin and Mandy here with me today, and we're just gonna have a conversation. We're gonna talk about the last year, and it's been an incredible year, you guys. Um, we've done so much as a church, it feels like. We've gone through a lot of events, different sermon series, um, some tragedy, mm -hmm. which we're gonna talk about a little bit later. But um, if you could sum up 2023 in one word, what would it be? Go ahead. Okay, I would say my word is unexpected because there's been a lot of unexpected, like, like you said, tragedy, things that we never saw coming, also unexpected <clears throat> miracles, like we could not have ever dreamed up miracles financially, miracles within our church family. So I think unexpected is the word that comes to mind for me for 2023. Mine, mine is close and I think it's kind of linked because the only word that really kept coming to mind was faith mm -hmm. or faithfulness. Yeah. And just thinking about how many times throughout the year we had to depend on God's faithfulness mm -hmm. to build our faith. Yes. Every time there was a possible something that could have gone wrong, even though things did go wrong, God was faithful. Yeah. And it's just, I think I'll always look back on this year and truly just understand and hang on to 2023 as a year of God's faithfulness. Yeah, yeah sure. I love that. And we kick off um, almost every year for as far as I can remember um, with prayer and fasting, mm -hmm. prayer and worship night. And I don't think that that's by accident. We do it intentionally. Yes. Um, so this year we did that mm -hmm. at the beginning of the year. And then we jumped right into a series called Same God. And that all through Israel's history, every time they would come up against an impossible situation, the writers of the Psalms, there were prophets in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, apostles and writers that would refer back to this day and say, if God did it then, he can do it now. And it's the same way with us. Red Sea events in our lives, as daunting and as dark as they are right now, they do have to submit to God. And they can be a testimony of his greatness and his glory in the future. There will be a day in your future that you look back on this time and say, God brought us through. If he did it then, he can do it now and he can do it in the future. Do you agree with that today? Um, I loved that series. And you had a chance actually to preach team teach mm -hmm. with your son, Aiden. Yeah. So that had to be something you loved. Oh, it was so fun. And you know, that whole series was just God can do the same things today that he did in yes. the Bible. And I just, I had this idea as, a, as around the same time as kind of just the start of the new year right now, last year, I just thought, I, I want to have Aiden preach with me mm -hmm. because he has so much faith that that same God can do things today. And um, it was, it was awesome. It, it's a memory I'll hang on to forever. But a funny part of this story of when he was preaching is we were right in the middle of fasting. My blood sugar was doing all kinds of weird things. I was stressed that week helping him write his sermon. Yes. And in the third service that, that almost day, passed out, right? I almost passed out. I had to stop in the I middle. I about yeah, that. I had to stop yeah. in the middle of my sermon, sit down and tell the crowd, I feel like I might be I, passing out. I Poor Aiden. That. His face was like, <laughs> is this up to me? Oh, <laughs> but yeah, so, somebody rushed together. out some like fruit juice and yes. I drank that and oh, sat down for gosh. a second and like regained composure. That's the only time that's ever happened to me in 20 years of preaching and it happened on that day when I'm preaching with my son the look of sheer terror on his yeah. face was was wow. priceless but it was an amazing memory that I'll carry with me forever yes. so crazy okay so you're sitting on the front row that day yes as you are in every service were you noticing that something's different and about to jump up because yes. I know you're like I'm gonna have someone sent me his notes I'm like 
You better get better right now. (laughs) That's so funny. It's crazy. But Same God took us right into Rally Conference, Mm -hmm. which is um, an amazing thing that we do every year now. It's like a staple Mm -hmm. of our years. Um, We had amazing speakers, great worship. And something that we added this year uh, was Mm -hmm. our Mm co-church, friends and family is what we call it, like day sessions, leadership sessions. So what do you guys think it is about Rally that it really does feel like a launching into the new year? Sure. And it's like a big family reunion. Yeah. Like all these friends coming in, pastor friends, and it's so rejuvenating to be around them. Um, And the sessions during the day, I think every year it's gotten better and better. And we're looking forward to next year because we have big plans. But it is, it's just like this family reunion and we're just, yeah, launching into the next season. And something else we added was our Rally Z for youth and young adults on Saturday night. And that was unbelievable. Yeah, there were over 800 youth and young adults there that night. It was, it was amazing. I I love it too. When I think about the rally, I just, when people ask me like, what is it? Like, what's the angle on the conference? What is it? I just, the only word that comes to mind is revival. And that's why I think it's so Mm -hmm. strategically placed at the beginning of the year, just to revive people and to give hope for the coming year, um, have have those altar call experiences where people Mm -hmm. can really lean into the presence of God and then the practical day sessions, all the same things. I, I love the rally. If for me, it's the it's the best part of the year. Yeah, I love it. Highlight for sure. I agree. It's so awesome. And on Rally Sunday this last year, you unveiled mm-hmm. our mission statement to partner with God to build his church among all people everywhere. Yep. Uh, let's take a look at that. Out of this came our brand new mission statement as a church and is written on the wall out there if you're if you're here watching in Albuquerque and this is the statement they'll put up on the screen our mission statement our bottom line of why we exist is this we partner with God in building the church among all people everywhere simple strong that's it we partner with God in building the church among all people everywhere why can it be this simple because the new testament is that simple Jesus told his disciples, here's what you're gonna do. Ready, ready? You're gonna partner with me and you're gonna go build the church among all people, not just Jewish people, the Gentiles, not just the people you like or who look like you or act like you or speak like you, among all people everywhere. That made them uncomfortable. But that's what he said. He said, I'm gonna build my church on you, the rock. Partner with me and I'm gonna trust to build this on you. And he's telling us the exact same thing. Uh, well, I love that because it feels like we're living out that mission statement. Yes, for sure. I think that what was so powerful about that was it just helped us be aligned all year. And we've seen the power of just like laying out this, this is our mission. And then everything we did, we would just check it against that mission statement. Mm-hmm. Is this, does this line up with building the church? Does this initiative you know, ultimately build the church? And I think it's been a really powerful thing to see everything just kind of come in alignment this year and we've had more like of this laser focus for sure. Yeah, I mean, every single one of our Heart for the House objectives this year have been mm-hmm. about that, yeah. building the church. It's the people, it's the place, mm-hmm. it's the future. And I, I love that. Yeah. And, and it's a mission statement that's timeless and we won't ever have to change. So yeah. this is a big year. You know, I, I had almost forgotten that this was the year we unveiled that mission statement, yeah. but it really is the cornerstone of, of what we do yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I love that. And out of that, we jumped into a series, Better Together, a relationship series yep. where you guys talked about building stronger marriages. How do we um, build stronger friendships? We had Pastor Adam Starling come mm-hmm. in, who's a friend of the church, to preach on building strong friendships. And then you guys capped it off with, which was my favorite week, is how to um, build your children up, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I loved that. Let's talk about that series a little bit. 
I love that. We actually, we really enjoy team teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it just feels like, I don't know, we just enjoy it a lot. Yeah. And especially talking about family and children. Um, we're so passionate about that. Our kids, we have kids of all ages. <laughs> yeah. We have four kids. So we're in the middle of all of it. And just, we love teaching and sharing from experience <laughs> and not as experts, but people who are, we're in this with you guys. Yeah. And we're just trying to figure this thing out. Yeah, I think that's what's so unique. I, I mean, not unique actually, yeah. but about pastors. People think that pastors somehow, you know, aren't in the trenches with people, but <laughs> We are yes. very normal family, very normal kids, the ups and downs of life yep. and all the things we teach from the stage, we're having to live at home. So, so series like that, Better Together, matter a lot for us in our own personal growth, even through it. I think that's what makes pastoring fun is every time I preach or Mandy preaches or we preach together, and especially in a relationship, a relationship series, it's just so real because we're all just going through it together yeah. and just hanging on to what God says in his word. So, yeah. yeah. I know that we, we talk a lot about uh, the pandemic and we're raising pandemic children, pandemic babies and all the things they face, but I think we've got a room full of pandemic parents. Yeah. Where the pandemic, what did it do? It expedited some things for us that we were not ready for. Things with morality, sexuality, Suicide rates have gone through the roof. Mental health battles. Things that our children, we thought it was gonna be more of a slow drift and maybe in 10 or 20 years we would have to deal with this. No, here it is, it's here and it's now. And all of a sudden, pandemic parents are saying, whoa, wait a second. And it's so easy to be afraid of culture, afraid of what the enemy is trying to do. Still kill and destroy our kids. Yes. We know that and we are aware, but we cannot parent out of fear. We have to parent towards something, not away from something. I'm parenting with a goal in mind. I have faith for my kids. And it's so intentional, these sermon series, series that we do. Is that a word? (laughs) But um, right out of that, we planned a series that there's a lot of times where maybe the team will come to you with some sermon series Mm -hmm. ideas. But a lot of what we do throughout the year comes straight from you guys' hearts Mm -hmm. or things that God's put on your heart. And Amazed by Jesus was one of those series. One of my favorites of all time. So good. Something about that series was so special. Um, Just, I don't know. I think a highlight for sure was the interview that Dustin had with the author Simon Ponsonby um, from the UK. But it was just such a beautiful series and led so well into Easter. But um, I think when you talk about Jesus and you lift him up, then it is just, it always is a powerful things. Yeah. So we, we went to the Holy Land about six months before that series. Yep. And we knew then um, we took a, a videographer with us and we knew then that we were going to be using that footage for the series leading into Easter. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about the intentionality you were talking about behind our series. Sometimes, yeah, they'll, they'll be spontaneous. Sometimes there can be a last minute change, but most of the series we do are super strategic and yeah. planned out. And that was one of them. I mean, we knew down to what I was going to be preaching on per week yeah. leading into Easter, we knew that in the fall. Yeah. And that it took so much planning, but it, it paid off, you know, in that series and watching those videos, yeah. intro that. Also, the interview with Simon was amazing. Um, and a lot of what I did end up teaching on was based out of that Amazed by Jesus book. Yeah. Such a fresh perspective on Jesus. And, and that, again, yeah, I, that was one of my highlights, too. I loved everything from the graphic, the, the sermon yeah. series graphic, to... Yeah. The videos to the interview it was a really fun series to write and preach in. It was awesome. And we actually have a clip from that Simon Ponsonby interview. So let's take a look at that. The book points to Jesus and it's Jesus that we need. Yeah. And he's all we need. And he's 
the altogether lovely one. I mean, no one else died for our sins. No one else rose again to give us eternal life. No one else is God who's offered to come and live in us by his spirit. No one else is preparing eternity for 2,000 years for us to be with him forever. No one else has done that. Who else is there like him? So if not Jesus, then who? And if not all out for Jesus, then what else is there? Uh, there was a great evangelist called Gypsy Smith years ago who said uh, that he'd never lost the wonder of it all. And sometimes we lose the wonder and uh, things get a bit foggy with our vision of Jesus. But I hope in a little way in the book to be looking at scripture and in scripture to be looking at Jesus and putting him front and center in our lives where he should be. Well, that series definitely led us beautifully into Easter. And just like Christmas, Easter is an event where we know a lot of families are going to come in, new families. A lot of new people are coming into the church. And we hear so many stories of people um, who say, Easter was my first time yeah. at Citizen, and I've never looked back. I couldn't imagine myself anywhere mm -hmm. else. So I just, I love events like that where we can bring people in Great. and um, they stay. And that's the story of so many people at our church. But um, Dustin, knowing that so many people would be coming for the first time, you were wanting to do a series that I'll say lightly was hard hitting. Yes. What led you to want to do House yeah. on Fire? So it was a, we actually had a different plan. We were, the original plan was to kind of just do almost like a, you know, let's go into the stories, biblical stories of what happened right after Easter, which yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. But that winter, so a, a year ago, leading into that series, uh, leading into that spring, I just felt something like a fire in me to looking around at society and looking at even so many Christians watching these fundamental truths in the word of God just being pushed aside. Yeah. I just really felt like God just put this fire in me to do a very strategic sermon series right right there. Mm -hmm. And what we ended up finding out was it was a risk to have that many people come to Easter and say, hey, we're doing this series next <laughs> week. We talked about sexuality. We talked about truth. We talked about all kinds of stuff. Yep. But what we found in that sermon series is that people are truly hungry. Yeah. Truly hungry. Yeah. And people that I thought living certain lifestyles that would really push back mm -hmm. on those sermons were some of the people who were really had the posture of openness the most. Yes. The only pushback we got, it was minor, but the only pushback we got with House on Fire being a little bit controversial was from Christians mm. that just don't themselves want to hear the truth. Yeah. And you know, one of our core one of our core values is we speak the truth in love. It's never just going to be truth truth truth. I mean, of course, we're packaging it all in love, but I'll never forget that series, the visual behind it, the, the our whole um, creative experience team and everything you guys did with that big wall and the house that slowly caught on fire for the yeah. series. That's all of so those cool. visuals matter. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine not too long ago about just some of like the, he was asking, why do you guys put so much emphasis on the backdrops and the LED yeah. screen? Because we believe that the whole experience preaches the message yeah. Yeah. from the parking lot to Absolutely. the atrium to the backdrop of that of that sermon series, the visual aspect. We're, we're trying to get all senses involved. Yeah. And I think that's a sermon series that really hit all of that. Yeah. And I think you did such a great job and put a lot of work into packaging that to where people, they didn't have their guard up, that they were open. And, yeah. and man, we covered that thing in prayer. Mm -hmm. We did. But it was such a cool series, and we heard so many amazing stories through that series. Yeah. I loved it. One, I keep saying one of my favorites 
one of my favorites. It's a great year. It really was such a great series. Yeah, for sure. I think what you said is a cool kind of maybe behind the scenes thing that we didn't really say publicly. We had our prayer team praying in rooms, right? right? Mm -hmm. All through the entire service, all day long during our services, just Mm -hmm. praying that the Holy Spirit would cover that room, open hearts. Um, and minds and, and that that is like so important and I, I believe the prayer through that series laid the groundwork for it truly being a peaceful yeah. Yeah. sermon series but this is a ruler and it comes from the latin word from the 15th century regula which means to have control over to rule over to regulate to be the final say and, and the reason why it's so important that this has the final say is because this measures things and gives us the reality So this is my phone, and I could look at the phone, and I could give my best guess on the measurements of this phone. I could look at it and go, I feel like it's this by this, and I did that earlier, and I was wrong. You want to know how I was wrong? Because I measured it. I measured it, and it's five and a half inches by two and a half inches. I guess six by three. I'm like, that's not three inches. What was I even thinking, right? But I didn't know it until I measured it because what this says is reality. Can you imagine being on a construction site and the contractor's coming out and and they're about to start the framing and they've got all the two by fours and they're they're measuring the two by fours. They've got the plans, there's an objective. We're gonna go from here and we're gonna build that. And they have all the tape measures and they're cutting and they're measuring. And can you imagine if one of the workers shows up that morning and goes, hey, I know you're measuring that at six and a half feet or whatever it is, but I just woke up this morning and I really feel Like, if we say these are not eight feet long, but they're 10 feet long, I feel like we can save a lot of money by the extra two feet we will gain on the end of these two by fours. And the other guys go, I like the way you're thinking. (laughs) But there's one thing wrong. It's not true. Because when they measure it, they're gonna find out that it's not 10 feet long. They're gonna find out that it's eight feet long. Why? Because they measured it. We need a ruler. We need a standard. We need a ruler. We need a God that's going to say, here's the reality. Measure everything based off of what I say. Because we're called to build something. We're called to build the church. We're called to build the kingdom of God. And if we get the measurements wrong, what we're building is going to be a disaster. That's great. I love it. Um, That led us right into summer, and we went into Power in the Name, which I loved. One of my favorites. (laughs) Was it one of your favorites? That was your idea, Power in the Name. Yes. It was your idea. You came and presented that to us, the names of God for the summer, and we jumped on it. It was fun. I loved it. I, I loved it, especially because you learn all these names, and I've found myself over the last year since that series, like calling on the different names of God mm-hmm. in different <clears throat> instances in my life, different circumstances. You're Jehovah Rapha. You are a healer, mm-hmm. like calling on his specific names. Yeah. And there's just something powerful about it. But um, I've come to love our summers because we have series like this. Yep. We did Summer in the Psalms yep. in 2022. Power in the Name. Can't wait to see what happens in 2024. Mm-hmm. But um, it's true. Yeah. I think that. In the past, we would be like, oh, summer, everybody's on vacation. We'll just count our losses. <laughs> but it has not been no. that way. Yeah. The past couple of years yeah. have been so strong mm-hmm. and just really, really cool summer series that has kept our church connected all summer long. And it's been really cool. My favorite sermon series are the one, I've been a pastor a long time. And so I've studied a lot of things. 
And so the power in the name series, the names of God, I have never done a personal study on those names, like a deep dive. Yeah. And I think that shows too. Like when we're all learning together, yeah. these names, like what you were talking about, you can just tell, like this is something the whole congregation is a part of and doing. And I, I think I loved it. Very cool. It's it was cool. fun. In the middle of summer, we did something for the first time that we've done in the fall in the past, and that's Serve Day. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. Yes. We had dozens and dozens of projects, more than 800 people, and um, that was here in Albuquerque. But talk about things like Serve Day and just getting the whole entire church behind something to be the church, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the community. There's nothing like it. No. No. No, I, the Serve Day this year was, I mean, it's always great. This year just felt like on a different level because of the buy-in of the congregation for it is growing and growing and growing. Yeah. Because we know it's not a flash in the pan thing we do as a church once a year. That event, yeah, once sure. a year. But every single one of those components right. that we do at Serve Day, we do all through the year. Absolutely. And that's what's so exciting right. is it gave people from our church and even the community exposure into our investment into our city. We really do love our city. Yeah. And also just, just the relationships you build. I, mm -hmm. I formed a brand new friendship out of that that I still have out of serve day. And it's just a, a really cool event. I, I yes. love it every year. We love, we love serve day. It has really been just part of our identity. Yes. Mm -hmm. This is what we do. Yep. We love our city. We are called to bless our city. And we I, had more people ever yeah, than ever so this year cool. involved yeah. in it. It was, it was awesome. It was great. And from Serve Day, you just hear so many stories from people in the community, how they're impacted, people in our church, how they're impacted, how we're impacted. Mm -hmm. And people's stories is what drove us into that next sermon series, which was Mighty to Say, yep. another one of your favorites. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it was for sure one of my favorites because hearing, there's such power in hearing people's testimony and hearing yes. their so stories. Great. And I think every week I was like, what yep. a weepy mess. A lot of people think that Jesus just came to forgive all the little sins that we commit. That's why it confuses people that after you become a believer, I'm still imperfect and I'm still going to sin. And I've got all of these things and every little sin I've got to stress out. I mean, there were times I was raped, you know, as I was being raised, I was sitting in church and there were different pastors that would come in and speak and say, hey, if you sinned last night and the rapture comes today, you're going to hell. And I'm like, is that true? My dad's like, no, we're never having that guy back. You know, it's, you know, it's, so I was always paranoid, like one little sin. I'm like, I lied, I lied. I've got to drop down on my knees and get saved again. Our, our youngest son, Asher, when he was little, he would come out of kids' church and he would say, hey, I invited Jesus into my heart. And I was like, didn't you do that last week and the week before? And the week before he goes, yeah, I've got a whole lot of Jesuses in my heart, you know? But if we're not careful, that's the mentality and theology we carry through our entire lives that salvation is not strong enough to cover our status of sin, so we get consumed with all the individual ones. But ever since Adam and Eve's first sin, we are born into sin in this world. I am born with a sinful nature. You don't ever have to tell a kid or teach a kid to lie, cheat, steal, never. But you have to teach every child to do the complete opposite. Still today, I battle a sin, a sin nature, Every time I go to a restaurant and the server says the plate is hot, don't touch, I touch. It's a sin nature, right? And somebody says, hey, there's wet paint on the wall, don't touch. I'm like, but I have to know. You know, like, do you ever just walk up and go, how wet is the paint? Am I the only one? Our nature is to do wrong, right? Not just with little things like that, but big things. Because our condition has to 
change. This is why in John chapter three, we'll talk about this way more in a few weeks, specifically that conversation Jesus is having in John three, but this is why Jesus is sitting there and he tells him, you must be born again. Loved the series. Um, and I love the weeks when we would do like five or six testimonies and just go one after mm-hmm. another. And I think that what was highlighted is everyone has a story yeah. yeah, and everyone has a past and God is doing something in all of us individually. And the cool stories, it was so encouraging, like for our staff, especially, I think, because, you know, you put in a lot of work mm-hmm. and you, you don't want to just do something cool or you want to be effective and yeah. you want yeah. people's lives to be changed um, for for eternity. Yeah. So that series was so, so amazing um, hearing all, all the different stories. And because we dove into those stories, you get to see the whole spectrum of lives being changed, mm-hmm. old, young, yeah. every walk of life. And that's just so encouraging to know we're not a church of just young or just one age group, just yeah. young or just mm-hmm. old or just this color, just this ethnicity. I love the growing diversity of our church. Yes. It, it's a picture of heaven. And so that's just so important. And life changes happening everywhere. Yes. And Mighty to Save put that on full display. I loved yeah. it. And week two of Mighty to Save, um, Maui fires yep. broke out. And so that was a week where mm-hmm. um, you just decided during mm-hmm. the week we're changing the whole sermon basically yeah. and focused in on yep. on um, the Maui fires and everything that was happening there. What was that week like for you guys? I know you've talked a little bit about it, but I don't even know. It's probably hard to put to words, but what was that first week like for you guys as you're talking to Pastor Sarah and Craig and what's happening in Maui? What was that like? It was a lot of phone calls. Mm-hmm. It was honestly, I have never been more proud of our staff. It, it was like, they rallied and worked so hard and it was like we all came together in like a war room and um, it was it was really just a, a devastating but such a special time as everyone just came together as family mm-hmm. and the church um, at large, the body of Christ at large, yeah. were contacting us, pastors reaching out. We want to help. We want to be involved. It was yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. The morning that I knew how the first morning after the night, because it came kind of in the evening and through the night, yeah. that morning when I knew from the first time from Pastor Sarah how devastating this was and was going to continue to be, we got the staff together that morning, yeah. right before the day at about nine o'clock, and I let everybody know the, the details. And I said, guys, I don't know for how long. It might be a long time, but we're going to have to press pause on what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. And we still, our ministry still need to run, but at the same time, press pause. And then we're going all in on our family in Maui because they need us. And I like what Manny was saying, just watching that, just there was no question about it. It was just like, we're in whatever they need. We're in, Mm -hmm. but not just the staff. What was so amazing that week walking through, you know, I had a game plan, Mm -hmm. we had a sermon series that I'd already written a sermon. And so it's a big deal to kind of pivot on a Thursday or Friday. Mm -hmm. And, but I just knew like, this is something because I said often through this whole, the whole Maui Mm -hmm. fire crisis, it's not another church. We are them and they are us. There is no them, us, we're one. Yeah. And I just knew that Sunday was, was a Sunday we had to stop down and really take uh, time. And when we launched the Maui Relief Fund, it was just the most unbelievable thing I'll never forget. Yeah. The amount of people in our church that sacrificed, but also just the amount of churches, yeah. the amount of churches that gave to our Maui Relief Fund, I think it's gonna yeah. end up being close to two thirds of what came in mm-hmm. to that of that million dollars came from other churches and people we've never met never met from yeah. all over the world 
Australia, Asia, yeah. Europe, everywhere. It was just, it was the body of Christ coming together. And that's something I've been studying lately is the call for churches to protect other churches. Yeah. It's all through scripture. And Paul taught that to all of the different churches that he was planting. And we saw that in action. As we were protecting Maui, people stepped in and protected us. Simple. And it's been a very cool thing to watch. Yeah. And, and since that time, I mean, all the way through now, we have been sending teams out to Maui every single week. Mm-hmm. And it mostly has been staff. mostly staff, but it's been really interesting watching our staff kind of navigate that. And, and we've kind of just gotten used to it. Okay. This week we don't have these three people because they're in Maui. We're just kind of back and forth. And, um, it's been something that has really bonded us together. Like, yeah, like we never expected it. It was, it's been a really, really mm-hmm. devastating slash beautiful time for our church. Yep. For sure. And I also just want to say before we move on from this topic that the, the leadership team there is so worthy of honor. Second to none. Pastor Sarah mm-hmm. and Craig, um, Juan and Marisol, yeah. Sarita, there's so many volunteers. I mean, it is, un- I'll, I'll never, ever, ever forget for the rest of my life, watching the leadership team there and the volunteers rise to a level that I think many of them never even thought was possible. Yeah. After church, losing everything. After losing everything. That's Most crazy. of them, they're working hours upon hours and they've lost their homes. They've mm-hmm. lost everything. Gosh, yeah. just very, very emotional. But. Yep. Incredible, incredible people. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'll never forget it. It's yeah. It's crazy. And the people are so you go there and you experience it. We had the chance to go like mm-hmm. September ish and to experience just their heart yeah. mm-hmm. and um just to see them face to face and hear their stories was so cool and just an awesome thing to be a part of. And during all of this, so in the midst of all this, we had already planned um, like our staple fall series, mm-hmm. uh, which was Seven Dimensions of Discipleship. So all this is happening, <laughs> and we're also planning this series that uh, we talked about. Like we use the words packaging in the series, but mm-hmm. the experience you talked about yep. the experience. Mm-hmm. Seven Dimensions was that we want you to feel the experience from the parking lot all the way to the auditorium to the message. Um, to where you're leaving just with it, like ingrained in your heart. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about Seven Dimensions and why why that series. Why did you guys feel it was the time to really dive into discipleship for our church? And you talked about it a little bit in Heart for the House series yep. week one, how we strategically, yep. Mighty to Save was, you know, a strategic series yep. into Seven Dimensions. For sure. Yeah, so it's kind of like Mighty to Save was others focused, Seven Dimensions was me focused, and then Heart for the House series, the... Um, as for me in this house, yeah. I would get so many house series. Um, as for me in this house, um, that's more of a we, us series. Yeah. And so I, I think what was cool about the seven dimensions is we just felt going back to the pandemic, really, we just felt that that parable that I talked about a lot, even in the Heart for the House series mm-hmm. about the house being built on the rock, yeah. that was the parable that I hung on to all through the pandemic. So I felt like I people's houses just weren't built on the rock they thought it was built on. Yeah, yeah. And so we've out of that, we've just felt this big call to discipleship mm-hmm. and people really understanding what it means to be a disciple. We cannot relegate discipleship to just courses mm-hmm. and classes. Right. There has to be this personal ownership of, yeah. I'm going to become a disciple, mm-hmm. whether someone makes me one or not. Right. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put down roots. I'm going to yeah. be faithful to church, faithful to what God's called me to do. Yeah. So those seven dimensions... The belief is, and we believe biblically, that when those seven dimensions, they're growing, we're growing. Yeah. And we just felt like if people could get this at a deep level, it'll change their lives. Growing as disciples in our lives comes down to this. Narrowing the gap between willing and weak. 
narrowing the gap between spirit and flesh. Because if you're like me, that statement Jesus says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's the anthem of our lives. Because if you're a believer today, you woke up wanting to do what God wants for your life. The spirit is willing, but that flesh, that's awful. And it's just not willing. But when we understand the will of God, the word of God, the gap between those two begins to narrow as we start saying out of our mouth and yielding with the posture of our lives, I want this in my flesh, but nevertheless, God, not my will, but your will, your word be done in my life. And the more we put the flesh into submission by the truth of the word of God, that gap begins to narrow. And now flesh has to submit to spirit. And only on the other side of that, and we see it in Jesus's life as he goes to the cross and the ultimate purpose of why he came, everything was on the other side of weak has to submit to willing. And we only can do that through the power of the word of God, knowing the word of God and obeying the word of God in our lives. For sure. And then we put together a devotional, yep. which was unbelievably difficult because it was in the middle of all the Maui stuff. Yep. And um, staff, once again, just came together and wrote this devotional that was so incredible um, that took us through that was it 50 days, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 50 yep. days. That was the length of the sermon series. And it's something that this book that people can have, yep. you know, forever, you yep. know, and hold on to that and go through it multiple times if they want to. But what a cool thing. I love yep. it. Every age went through it. Yeah. Kids, youth, young yep. adults, everybody was going through it. It was, mm -hmm. it was really cool. Yeah. I love that when the kids team partners mm -hmm. with what we're doing in yep. the main auditorium yep. and um, teaching, they're going through the same thing that we are. I love it. It's so cool. And um, that kind of in the middle of that was Flourish. Yep. I love Flourish. Um, Flourish. But let's talk about this year because we had some incredible speakers, um, incredible day sessions. Yeah. And I know that this is not something that just comes upon us. It's something that's on your heart all year mm -hmm. long. I know you're probably already thinking about next year. Yeah. Um, but Flourish is intentional in the themes that we go into. And it always feels like God just like beautifully weaves everything together. For sure. This year was... I mean, every year is great to me. You know, I love it. We put so much time and intentionality into it. But this year, I mean, it just exceeded all of our expectations yeah. from the number of registrations. Like people were just so excited for it this year. And I think what makes it so special is the expectation. People walk in, they're just so ready. Mm -hmm. The worship is always just next level because... If you come in expected, you know, it's just yeah, going to yeah. be different. Yeah. And the speakers were so, so good. And um, I just felt like every session was so powerful. And we had just some special moments within Flourish. There was mm -hmm. one session in particular about healing yeah. that I will never forget. It was so good. Um, when we took time to pray over the sick. And, I mean, women were just in the aisles, like, lined up to be prayed for. It was really, really just a powerful yeah. The whole conference was so cool. Yeah, for sure. Just one that I'll never forget. Yeah, I love it. It's so, so good. And so we talked about um, starting the year off right. So jumping to 2024, I know we're planning on starting just how we do every year. We're going to mm -hmm. have a prayer and worship night. Mm -hmm. We're going to go into praying and fasting. So when you guys as a family, you as a couple, you as a family are getting into this new year, how do you prepare for the new year? What's yeah. going through your mind? What do you 
What are you talking about as a family? Something we started last year that we both said we're going to do this from now on. I mean, as long as our kids are in our home was we sat down and it was we had like these different cards um, for them to write down. And we would say, okay, everyone write down for this for 2023, a health goal. And they do that. Now write down a spiritual goal. So we had five different areas. And education. I don't, I don't remember them all yeah. right now. It was education, health, financial, spirit, financial spiritual, yeah. stuff like that. And so we had them set their goals and they loved it. And then we said, okay, now everybody go in the back room. We're going to bring you out one at a time. <laughs> we made it so oh, official. But we sat like down with interview. them yeah. and we <laughs> talked through their goals. Yeah. And, and how they how they can achieve them, what they need to work on. It was it was really really cool. And what's cool is I've seen all of them yeah. grow in all these areas, uh, even down to like the financial one. I think they're thinking differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, our nine year old just said, "Mom, what should I get for Heart for the House?" And she's thinking about it. I think it's because we just sat down with them and, and we talk about Heart for the House. But I think that this the goal setting mm-hmm. was really really fun. So that's personally, I think for us as a couple, we're looking at. What do we want to change? How do we want to just kind of take the time yeah. to recalibrate yeah. and just set ourselves up for the new year? Yeah. So I think. Yeah. Schedule, finances, yeah. new goals. And it, and it mm-hmm. taking the time even just one day to not just have like a, you know, fleeting New Year's resolution yeah. thought, but to actually get stuff written down, talk about it, commit to each other. It matters and it, and it worked. Yeah. It was cool. For sure. That's so cool. Yeah. Talk, something that I love that you guys do really intentionally is bring your kids along in ministry. Mm-hmm. And I know that they they see and talk through a lot of things with you. And I know like Aiden, I can just think of Aiden, yeah. but um, his financial goal being probably, was it to be a part of Kingdom Builders? Yes. yes. He's incredible. He's yeah. what, 19? 18. 18. 18. He signed up to be a kingdom builder. I don't know if he's going to like be a kingdom builder and then we have to pay for all of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but but I am proud that he has a heart to do yeah. it and yeah. it is a goal that he, he has. He has a gift of generosity, I, he I believe. It fires him up. Yeah. He just, that is for sure a gift of his. Like he wants to be a kingdom builder. Yeah. So he, it's it's a it's been a cool year for our family. Our oldest yeah. daughter is, is um, leading the, our young adult worship mm-hmm. and then our, our um 14 year old son is playing drums a lot on the weekends now and he's growing and it's been a cool year for our yeah. family in those ways but a lot of it goes back to those those personal goals that we helped them with at yeah. that table yeah. that's i'm even thinking about it right now it's just interesting mm-hmm. how much those ended up mattering it's yeah. cool. and like making the foundation strong yeah. in the beginning mm-hmm. about making church an option yes yes um, these are just all things that are yeah. going to my head but um i love that and going into beginning of 2024 we also have the rally and we have some awesome speakers. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about who's coming this year and what you guys are looking forward to? Yeah. You want to start? Yeah, go for so it. So the two main um, speakers that are coming in for like our night sessions are, I, I'm, it's been a long time since I've been this excited. So one of them is brand new to our church. His name is JJ Vasquez. Yeah. And um, he pastors a really fast growing, but also very healthy, um, respected church in Florida. And um, he planted the church, I believe, and it's just growing and growing and growing into the thousands. But he is a preacher like crazy. I mean, he preaches, but it is just, he preached one of my favorite sermons I've ever heard at a conference we all went to last spring. And I just remember walking out going, like as soon as I listened to him, I was like, I want that guy at the rally. We have a common friend. We started texting and he was like, yes, I'm in. So, I mean, he's just, he is a leader of leaders. I'm so excited for him to come in. And then Mark Francie, 
who has been, he's preached at the rally several times in the past. Yeah. Um, he pastors Oceans Church in Orange County in the OC, and they are experiencing absolute revival. It is wild. Revival. So I think yes. some people have seen these viral videos and stuff on social media of these mass baptisms mm -hmm. in the ocean um, there in like Malibu and Orange County, and um, that's his church. And so, I mean, it's just crazy to see what God is doing. It's exploding in growth. Yeah. Um, Mark Francie is, is a spirit-filled uh, pastor, leader. We're so, just so trusted. Mm -hmm. um, just, I don't know. He was a very well-respected guy, and I'm very excited. He is, and he's such a, he's been such a friend Faithful to us. Friend. And um, it's like every time we might be a little bit discouraged or up against something, it's like clockwork. Yeah. Text from Mark Francie. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. He'll send me a so, voice note and just like nail what's happening yes, in our it's life. Just, and it's very cool. Such a special friendship mm -hmm. and person in our life. So we are excited for yeah. him. And then for the Rally Z night, yep. we have Sam Kelly coming yep. from Fellowship Church. And we've looked to them for so many years yeah. um, for inspiration and direction, leadership um, on so many topics. But Sam is a an amazing youth pastor. Like we've yeah, been watching truly. Um, just everything that they're doing there and just has such a heart for the next generation. Phenomenal communicator, so great good. worship leader, yeah. but he has this unique gift yeah. of speaking on difficult topics mm -hmm. to young people and just getting it right cool. to where he can connect with their heart. So we're very excited for him to come. He's absolutely one of the leading voices with the next generation right mm -hmm. now in the church world. Cool. Um, it's just so, so I, I just think all three of these speakers are going to just be amazing yeah. um, we'll be introducing a few more over the next month for the some of the day sessions we're doing some cool new unique things mm -hmm. um, for the day sessions but um I'm, yeah i think the rally this year is going to be the best we've ever had yes absolutely february 1st through the third take a look at this video Rally 2024, I am anticipating it majorly. But um, when you guys look at this next year, what are you anticipating? What are you thinking about? Um, so no matter what ends up happening, this will be the biggest year in the history of our church. We're opening a new campus 
yeah. um, on the north side of Albuquerque, Citizen North. We're opening a an official full blown coffee shop with a drive through through in that campus, yes. and we're also opening up in that campus a preschool in August. So whatever <laughs> ends up happening, it's oh big gosh, and yeah. it's a lot. It's like opening three businesses at once. Like, <laughs> what are we thinking? Yeah, but I it's going to be. Awesome. And it's been a long time coming, but we've just felt the hand of God, his favor on this. Yeah. And I just believe every time I drive by that North Campus, I just imagine yeah. all of the new families, the kids and the teaching and the worship and how many lives are going to be changed because of it. Yeah. And so I, I just, I don't know. I have so much anticipation going into this year. I can't wait. Like I cannot wait to see what God does. I'm just, I, yeah, I'm excited. And I think that with the North Campus, it feels like it's taken a little while to get started yeah. with all the construction, but we trust God's timing. Yeah. And it just, the closer we get to it opening, we're just like, we just have this ease mm-hmm. and peace about it. Like, this is the right timing. Yeah. Yeah. God knows when it needs to open. Yep. And so we're just expectant for 2024 and, you know, driving through the neighborhood over there. It's going to be a neighborhood church. Yeah. And I think that's something that's going to be unique to that campus. Um, and so we're just, we're super excited, believing God to do some really special things through that and just all year long. It's going to be a great year. It's awesome. Well, that's it. Talking about 2023 and the beginning of 2023. It's It's so exciting. I know I'm like cheesy smiling because it is very exciting. Um, but to cap it all off, would you just pray Mm -hmm. over, um, this new year It's December 31st going into 2024. There may be people watching who are not so excited to go into a new year. Yeah. People watching who are maybe stepping into new adventures into a new year. Um, so would you just pray over, over us? Absolutely. God, we just come before you today and I just pray for um, our church, God, and not just the institution of the church. I- I'm talking about the people of the church. I pray for us collectively that as 2023 comes to a close and 2024 is about to begin, God, I just pray just uh, favor and blessing on our church over the opening of a new campus and preschool and all the things that are going to be happening uh, in the life of our church. But God, I also pray for the individual lives of the people of our church that are watching right now, sitting in their living rooms, driving in their cars, wherever they're watching from. God, we just pray blessing and favor that 2023 would be sealed Mm -hmm. and they can turn and face a brand new year of new opportunities, new excitement, that with their arms wide open, ready to receive whatever you want for them to receive. We believe this can be the greatest year in in the history of our personal lives and also in the life of our church. God, we honor you for everything that you did and your faithfulness in the past year. And we give all glory to you for that, God. We give glory and anticipation, God. And this next year, we also give glory to you um, and for all the things you're going to do. We thank you for these things. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.